Welcome back to the Urban Foundry Podcast, your go-to source for urban real estate news and conversations. I'm Andrew Urban. And I'm Paige O'Neill, and we will be your co-hosts as we explore the future of downtown real estate. This This is Urban Urban Foundry. Foundry. Season two, brought to you by Hope Plumbing. Welcome back to Urban Foundry. Paige, how are you doing today? Good. We're back. We're back. With follow-up. Follow-up. We work. We failed. Wait a second. It's not over yet. <laughs> this is, honestly, there's going to be a great HBO series about this again. They mm-hmm. already have a documentary, but it was premature. It was premature. Or it would be like one of Season those. Season two. Yeah. Like, for those of you that don't know, Adam Newman might be bidding to buy back WeWork. And Adam Newman, just for those yeah. who have been living under a rock, was the founder, co-founder of WeWork. Yeah, co-founder. Originally. Some say he was the founder. He had a partner, yes. but he was a star, if you will. Mm-hmm. Took him on a $47 billion ride before their IPO just never happened in mm-hmm. September 2019. Bunch of scandal. SoftBank left holding the bag. He walked away with a billion bucks off into the sunset and left the carnage and COVID mm-hmm. that really accelerated WeWork's struggles behind. And it's been... What's crazy is it doesn't feel like September 2019 wasn't that long ago. But guess what, folks? It's almost five. I was going to say five years. years. I know that's the quickest five years of my life. Seriously, it's just crazy. Yeah. But but here's the latest, and this is the source for everyone knows. I'm a big follower of Matt Levine's blog on on Bloomberg. Matt Levine is one of the best finance writers. Quite frankly, if you're into finance, he was a former Goldman banker. Is a lawyer and now a journalist, and he writes the most wittiest, thoughtful pieces on very technical finance events and trends. So if you're looking to keep up with what's going on with the board votes and Elon Musk and his compensation package, which was denied by a a Delaware court judge earlier this month, that's a really fascinating read. But he writes really in detail about how Adam Newman is mounting a bid potentially with Dan Loeb, the infamous hedge fund activist investor from Third Point to buy WeWork out of bankruptcy. So for those of you that haven't been following closely, WeWork went into bankruptcy. Obviously, they're restructuring their liabilities, canceling leases, restructuring kind of their obligations of their business to be a sustainable business going forward. Mm -hmm. And as a result, and as part of that process, the receivers that are appointed on behalf of the owners basically get the opportunity to sell the business on behalf of different debt holders. Mm -hmm. And obviously the debt holders as well as other equity investors could also be bidders. So we don't know who all is going to be bidding for this, Yeah, but essentially given the liabilities of the business and some of the headwinds in the office market and basically how much they owe their creditors, even on restructured payments, the purchase price of the business is going to be effectively zero because whoever's buying it, it's going to be assuming those obligations. Correct. Right. Correct. So it's like basically at the end of the day, they racked up all this credit card debt and these mortgages. And some of them are going to be able to restructure new payment plans that are more that allow the business to repay it in a more timely fashion versus completely liquidating the business. You go to your debt holders and say, listen, guys, if you enforce this, these covenants of this loan document, I'm just going to go bankrupt and we're just going to liquidate and mm-hmm. you're going to be left picking up the pieces or let's work out a plan. Right. Let's work out a plan. I'll figure out how to pay you back. Yeah. I'm going to need some time. Maybe we need to adjust the payment schedule. 
Yeah. Right? Let's get on a payment plan. Yes. Right? I did this a lot when I was a fraternity president, when people had to pay their social dues and stuff, and we worked out all sorts of arrangements. Right. Right? <laughs> Same idea, much more complex. Yes. And with a lot more lawyers involved. Let's Look, just put it that way. I'm looking up how, how old is Adam Newman? 44. 44. Okay, so you just got a billion dollars. You got a billion dollars back 40. in 2019. Yeah, so yeah. you're 39, 40. Correct. You're not even 40. Correct. Personally, if I got well, that, sorry, 1.7 billion okay, for himself almost, in stock sales. <laughs> almost yeah. 2 billion. You're 39 years old. I understand that I'm not done yet. I'm going to go back. Mm-hmm. But also, wouldn't a part of you want to just like ride off into the sunset and live your life? It depends. I guess Here's it does. the thing. Here's I could thing. see you going back. I'm never, I, I, I am 100% the same way. Yeah. Because once you ride like a wave, like he rode, what better adrenaline rush? I know. My husband would ride off into the sunset, never right. wear a shirt again, right. and be perfectly content. Here's the thing about gamblers. Right? <laughs> it's, it's, we're all, there's certain yes. people, like entrepreneurs. We had the Hope Plumbing podcast yep. and Jack and Brad. Yep. All entrepreneurs are gamblers yep. deep down. And so once you've gotten that dopamine rush mm-hmm. of placing your entire life on black and then winning big, yeah, you want to go do it again. I know. I'm just you trying to think of bigger. what that conversation with his wife was like, oh, by the way, I'm thinking about buying WeWork back. It's not a conversation. <laughs> She's like, dude, give me 500 million. I don't care what you do. It's That's what you sign up for. Yeah. That's what you sign up for. My wife would probably say the same thing. People probably ask her, does Andrew ever consult with you? And he, she goes, no. Yeah. He just does it. <laughs> and that's, I think that's how a guy like Adam Newman is built. Right after we work, he laid low for six or nine months, but he you know, raised money for a, another company called Flow, mm-hmm. which is basically was WeWork 2.0 in the residential real estate space. Yeah. So he wasn't done. Everyone knew he wasn't done. And apparently he has no problem making friends. Yeah. It was despite of leaving South, SoftBank out in the cold. But essentially, the reality is it's going to be a sale for $0, but in reality, someone's taking on those obligations long term. Mm-hmm. It's not exactly it's zero cash in to the deal. Right. So it, it's just a different structure that most people kind of go, oh, he's going to buy it for $0 well, on the phone. Not exactly. Yeah. And the other question is, will these debt- debtors agree to their terms? Because likely they'll have some terms. The other question, is it good for WeWork? It's a tough business. It's a tough landscape. Obviously, office space has been tremendously pressured. You think, okay, we can cancel leases, which they're doing right now and working on restructuring plans with landlords under bankruptcy. They can go to landlords and say, listen, I know we signed this lease, but sorry, good luck. Here's Mm -hmm. the keys. That means they have a ton of leverage and they're using it right now. I'll tell you that firsthand. We're talking with a lot of those owners and all across the country looking at what's going to happen to those spaces. So they have a ton of leverage to maybe reset the table a little bit to be successful going forward. At the same time, the question becomes, is that good for the business? Is that good for the shareholders? Maybe. He was pretty successful raising money and, and running the business and marketing. He took a company that was just leasing office space out of a, a creative class building in Brooklyn to basically... <laughs> a word that's synonymous with the industry. Mm-hmm. So there's something to be said there. The other kind of thing here is it kind of gives people in the real estate industry a look into the startup fundraising venture capital space, which is very fascinating for myself as a real estate practitioner. Mm-hmm. Because these companies, and Matt Levine in this article talks about another company called Wag Labs was a startup. Dog walking, mm-hmm. that was their business, mm-hmm. right? Kind of the Uber of dog walking. Yes. 
kind of very circa 2018 kind of company, right? And it was trying to raise $75 million. That's all they needed. They said, I need $75 million. I want to grow. We have this business case. Great. SoftBank came along and said, hey, we love your growth and ambition, but you got to take $300 million. Okay. So what did WEG do? They took yes, $300 please. million. <laughs> Where do I sign? <laughs> they said, sure, why not? Yeah. And essentially- Get myself a raise. A year and a half later- they basically told SoftBank, thanks, like our valuation's well below, like your <laughs> equity investment's wiped out. Appreciate and, and it. we're done. Yeah. And there was no recourse or terms, yeah. really no teeth. It was kind of free money. And so you go, okay, is there a problem with that space and how they invest, how capital is raised, et cetera? Because I can tell you this, in the real estate world, it's not quite like that. No. And you I think recourse, we're gonna... assets, yeah. debtors, right? It's a little more structured and rigid. Granted, it's an older industry. Right. Very mature. But it's very fascinating to see these stories that, yeah, we work as the big one because you look at the dollar volumes and you go, oh, my God. But there was hundreds of other VC-backed mm-hmm. companies where this capital just evaporated. Mm-hmm. Who's at fault here? I don't know. Who's at fault? I think we need to go sell our podcast. Oh, yeah? I think so? <laughs> 300 mil. I don't know. I don't know if we can get anything close to that. Maybe we got to get a better pitch deck. No, we probably get $300. <laughs> yeah, $300 <laughs> and a free cup of coffee at Starbucks. Hey, you know. But it's kind of interesting. I, I'm kind of torn on this, but it's been four or five years. The guy knew how to build the business, knew how to build a brand. At the same time, the question that looms in my mind is the industry is a lot different five years hence past. Yes. And what the challenges are versus back in 2019. But he's also been able to see how the changes have true from the outside rather than from the inside working on it. So maybe that would bring a fresh perspective, an old fresh perspective, something mm-hmm. familiar back to the company. So we were talking earlier, it kind of brings up the conversation. Is it the company or is it the person who runs the company that really makes a company successful? Well, that's a tough question, right? Because we trace things back through time. And not to get too business MBA wonky on, on, on our listeners, for a long time, General Electric stock was seen as this blue chip gold company run by Jack Welch Leadership Institute. And then what transpired 15 or 20 years later, mm-hmm. kind of the carnage out of that, that culture, a lot of people questioned whether that myth or that ethos was, was really, did really add value. Right. And then you could say the same thing about Tesla. You could say the same thing about a lot of things. It's kind of fascinating, these cult of personalities and this idea that this name on the door delivers results. I think there is some truth Mm -hmm. to it. Mm -hmm. At the same time, is the value that equity shareholders or debtors place on that sort of personality and that key person, or it it used to be called key man. Obviously, that's not a politically correct term anymore, but that was the old term for it. it. I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah. It's hard to say. The question becomes, if you take away the, the head of the dragon, does the, the organization still go forward? There's times where there's probably cases and periods where you go, having this person in charge and this visionary or whatever it is, was a difference maker. Yeah. And there's times where maybe it doesn't matter as much. I think at the end of the day, too, we're all human. So we all, that, that piece of us, we want to work for great people. We want to be inspired by great people. If that is abruptly changed, then there might be a shift in the culture of the workplace. That's true. And he had a unique culture, right? He had, if you watch the documentaries, they did these cool like camping trips as like these all out, very lavish events, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. that's where some of the money went, obviously. But they, they built kind of a raving fan cult. Yeah. And that can be very powerful when you're growing a business and you're scraping by and you're really trying to push it mm-hmm. for ultimate growth. You need 
your lieutenants on down through the organization, really believing in the vision, because you're going to be asking people to stretch. Right. And at the end of the day, if they view it just as a paycheck and they're not part of something bigger, they're probably not going to give it their all. Yeah. We say that all the time. You got to spend money to make money. You got to spend money to make money. (laughs) And sometimes sweat is part of that equity investment. So he had a very strong cult of personality. And I think he still does to some extent. Yeah. You can do it once. You can do it again. It's not that hard. So what would you do? What would I do? Mm -hmm. What do you mean? If I was in Adam Newman's shoes? Yeah. I'd buy this thing back as cheap as possible. They said, it. realistically, it could go for $500 million. Could. Yeah, that's right. Which is half a fraction of its outstanding debt. Correct. And so, they obviously have those long-term liabilities, and you got to pay off the debt or right. restructure it at some point. And it's going to require more equity infusions, restructuring the capital stack. I think Taylor Swift should buy it. Why not? <laughs> Do you imagine how big WeWork would be? No, it would be huge. Everyone huge. would be going to the office. There's a perfect example of a cult of personality. See, I know. I, I wonder what she's done to NFL news network TV watching. I saw since her first like game in September, she has added $330 million to the NFL revenue. $330 million to NFL revenue. Isn't that wild? It's wild, but also uh, very believable. Yeah. Very believable. I know. I'm watching the Kansas City Chiefs every Sunday now. Can't wait for... Yeah. That's... You know what? I mean, hey, it's not a bad business trade. (laughs) My husband's like, what is happening? I'm like, Taylor Swift effect. It's amazing. And, you know, will all those viewers stay on as fans? Probably not. But there will be a fraction that do. Yeah. And you know what? That's a great way to acquire growth, right? It's collaboration of brands. Taylor Swift x NFL. Wait till the clothing line comes out. It's already happened. It's going to happen. It, it already has. There's, There's going like, to be customized she's, Travis she's wearing, Kelsey jerseys. She's wearing are, customizable jackets to these games. And these designers are like blowing up overnight because they're like sending her these one-off custom my God. Ca- like Travis Kelsey jackets that she wears to the game. And then she like posts a picture and then that designer's it overnight. Wait till there's going to be some saturation at some point. Wow. It's interesting, and obviously we'll be continuing to follow the WeWork saga. Obviously, it's a really fascinating story, and I think there's going to need to be a follow-up documentary, too, at some point, which will be really interesting. Don't count WeWork out. Adam Newman might be back, so continue to listen to Urban Foundry, and we'll keep giving you guys the updates. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to follow us on LinkedIn and YouTube at Urban Foundry Podcast. I know I don't have to tell you this, Andrew, but the amount of plumbing issues we've had in our home in the past year is astronomical. I don't know where I would be without Hope Plumbing. I'm pretty sure our girls think they're part of the family. I cannot imagine how much money you've had to spend on plumbing. I'm not going to lie. It's probably more than some of my handbags. But thankfully, we have a membership with Hope Plumbing that has helped us save so much, especially when unexpected plumbing issues happen. Wait a second. You said membership. What do you get with that? It includes so many benefits. My personal favorite are the 10% discounts. And if you're a member, they waive the trip charge. That has been huge for our family. It has helped me save so much money considering the number of times they've been to my house. Wow, that sounds amazing. And if you call Hope Plumbing and mention Urban Foundry, they will give you a free membership for a year. Boom. That's a no-brainer for our listeners. Call 317-641-HOPE. Once again, 317-641-4673 and get your free membership today by mentioning Urban Foundry. 
This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for any investment decisions. Clients of Collier's International may maintain positions in the properties discussed in this podcast.